0: Hey moms, I'm Stephanie Donovan and I'm Julia the Blissful Mama and together we are Modern Domestic Moms, a podcast where we discuss our mama mania, sharing our
1: perceptions and insights as we relate to you and the moms around us. So go ahead, fill your glass and join in with us on the conversation.
0: Because mommin' ain't easy and you don't have to do it alone. Come, Come sip with, with us. us.
1: It's very exciting to have someone new on the intro. I will get to her in just one second. But first, let me give you your housekeeping. We love your feedback and your reviews. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This can really impact our numbers and the amount of moms that we can reach. And also, don't forget, we post pictures and all the cool bonus stuff from the episodes on our Instagram at MDM the Pod, so come hang out with us there. Elizabeth also has an amazing Instagram and Facebook page at our sister site, The Modern Domestic Woman, so give it a follow and just come hang out with us. Ooh, and for an upcoming episode, I have this really fun idea. Send us your ideas for the worst kid toys and products ever. I'm talking the glitter, the slime. That's what just comes to mind. But we want to get into it, and I think it will be really funny. So let's get sipping, and then we'll pass the pod love. Julia was very nice. She brought me a bottle, and we have another. I think we're just
0: going to be boozing. I think so. I mean, it's Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I mean, I mean you can't beat a the different, audience. A different one.
1: Oh, up to you. I was pouring for you. I was trying oh, to be polite, sure. but you don't have to drink that one. I will that take one. that. Yeah, we'll try it.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It feels so quiet in my house for a Friday, but the children are outside, so we'll see how long that lasts.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got to soak up all the all the warm weather. <laughs> I know. Get
1: outside. Let me pass the pod love. Now, I chose two podcasts this week themed to my lovely guest's background. So the first one is a new one I just caught on to. It's called the Mom Friends Podcast, and they're on Instagram at momfriends underscore the podcast. Join Rachel, a pediatric sleep specialist, and Kara Ann, a certified nutrition consultant for pregnancy, postpartum, and babies as they tackle all things motherhood. Their passion for creating this podcast was fueled through their own experience parenting against societal norms and the isolation they faced. They wanted to create a community to support and educate moms and leave them feeling empowered. I love that premise.
0: Me too. I think I'm going to have to listen to that after this because that sounds exactly up my alley.
1: See, I picked them for you. (laughs) And this one, it might be a niche area, but I know Julia's into it like I am. Up and Vanished is back, and I know you know because you posted about it.
0: I did. Have you been listening?
1: Yes, I yes. have. Season three began September 1st. They are at Up and Vanished on Instagram, an investigative true crime podcast hosted by Atlanta filmmaker Payne Lindsay. Season one was all about the missing teacher, Tara Grinstead, and it was super exciting because during the podcast is when all of it came out and they found who did it. I don't know if he can ever beat that because i don't think
0: so yeah no. it's definitely a gateway true crime podcast
1: yes if you're not so. sure if you're gonna like true crime podcasts try this um season two i was super into it but a little more mysterious a little darker because her background was a little more iffy they don't know what happened they think they got the guy but he's so tough to crack crystal Reisinger, Reisinger. but that was season two and season three He likes to focus on giving missing person cases the exposure they deserve. So you're liking it so far?
0: I am. Well, because it seems to be all about indigenous women in Montana, which is definitely an underrepresented group. So I'm excited to see what they find.
1: So let me introduce our fabulous guest that we have here today. Julia is a licensed social worker by day and a mama to two adorable little guys slash wife slash foodie. By night. We love that. <laughs> As the blissful mama on Instagram, Julia offers affordable fashion, reflections on motherhood, and a lifestyle blog that bloomed out of PPD and PPA, postpartum depression and anxiety, which I am familiar with. Lastly, fun fact she is first generation Polish and speaks it fluently which I think is really fun. I'm going to make you by the end of this. we we'll see how much wine we get into before I make you speak bullish. So let's get started. Thank you so much for coming.
0: Well, thank you for having me. I was saying to you, Stephanie, that I've become a big fan of the podcast. So nice. I love what you and Elizabeth are doing. There are so many podcasts out there, but I really relate to your podcast. because um, you. I think you do a really good job showing the working mom side, the stay-at-home mom side, and just an all-around sure. No mom shaming, no guilt. I, I love it. I'm here for it. Thank so.
1: you. Yeah, we really want to encompass like all mom types. And that's why this summer we started doing the mom experience episodes because like obviously her and I don't have every experience in the book. And so then we wanted to just really open it up. And then the experts like you are really fun because <laughs> you know stuff that we do not know. So let's cheers, cheers. to you being on the podcast today. So I guess we should open because, you know, we have momming in common. Tell me about your kids. You are hashtag boy mom, yes?
0: I am, yes. Boy mom, both of us boy moms. Um, so I have Ollie, who is four, and he is my child that I experienced everything with first. So I guess <laughs> I was going to say he's challenging, but it could also be that he was my first child. you're learning curve. I don't curve. know how that goes, um, or if I'm the only one that feels that way. But yeah, he's, he is a fun fun kid fun to go through motherhood learning everything from him but and then i have um leo my baby who just turned seven months old and he's sweet 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 little baby
1: i am just always mystified when i watch your posts that he is so little i mean your hands are so full right now and you're still doing everything i mean you're posting you're doing <laughs> stories you're doing fashion you're doing you're going to work You're and i'm just like oh my god I, mine is not that little and I feel like my hands are full. So I'm always very impressed. Well, it's <laughs> by what definitely
0: you do. a balancing act and I definitely I I always say that phrase that's gotten popular of social media as a highlight reel. So I tend to yeah. show a highlight reel. I try to keep it real and show some parts of, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, but in reality, nobody really wants to see a messy, messy kitchen or... You <laughs> I know, do. It makes me feel better. <laughs> my kid talking about what their poop looks like or things like that. You know. You know how it is. I do. I do. So...
1: When I watch your Instagram, and I don't even remember how we found each other. Isn't that weird?
0: I don't either. I was thinking <laughs> about that on my way here. Somehow the internet connected us.
1: Yes. And then when I found out you were local, and maybe I saw you highlighted on certain local things, and I was like, oh my God, she lives locally. And she's like the super successful like blogger and platform. And then I started watching you, and I was like, no, she's real, though. I automatically liked you out the box. Like, I felt a Aww. kinship. So I do think you keep it very real.
0: Well, thank you. That's that's good feedback because I think when you're in this space, and this applies to podcasts too, when you're in this space, you are sometimes putting stuff out there without any feedback or with just right. very little feedback. So it's hard to know, you know, what if what you're doing resonates with people or if it's right. I'm putting that in quotes, but yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course.
1: Okay, how do you describe what you do for someone who's not used to this, not really like into the Instagram world or into the influencer world. I know you are you are a totally professional woman aside from the blog stuff, but we're going to talk a little more about the blog stuff. How would you describe that?
0: So it depends on the person, I will say that, and depends on how familiar they are with social media. Yeah. Technically, the term that I like is content creator. I do too. So, and you know what that is. So that's right. <laughs> that is definitely validating. So someone who creates content can be uh, content for their specific audience, which is mainly what I do, content for brands, content for trends you see on on Instagram, on social media. So and then there's the term influencer, which is what I use secondarily if people sure. don't know what content creation is. And I'm also referred to as an influencer a lot, which is totally fine. For me, I think an influencer is someone who has a really, really large platform or a very big audience. So Great. I'm talking like over 50,000, 100,000 followers that are engaged people and people look to them for every everything. They have a lot of influence on them. So I know sometimes I still do influence people to make purchases or to... Look at certain brands, but I don't think... I think what I do is a little bit different than they do.
1: It plus, influencers sometimes gets a bad rap, right? It does. It yeah. does. They're like, yes. you're famous for no reason, and now you have all these followers, like people that have been on TV, and then that for the rest of their lives, they're influencers.
0: Right. right, right. Some of them, it... It cracks me up like I saw one influencer who I, I love and follow, but people were asking her about her perfume. And I think that's so interesting because you can't smell people through the internet. Yet people trust this person so much that they look to her, they'll buy almost anything she recommends, including perfume. So to me, that just really speaks to what what an influencer does. You want to know every, every aspect of their life. But yes, I I consider myself a content creator slash influencer. Technically, I think I'm a a micro-influencer. There's different categories for different amounts, um, but most people don't really care about that. But I like to to relate to moms. I like to relate to women. I happen to share fashion because I like that a lot, beauty products. Um, And anything that kind of fits into my life, you know, anything that's, that's practical and useful for me, different products or companies, things that fit into people's lifestyles.
1: Very cool. And I think people like that you're, like, local. I'm sure a lot, I mean, your audience is probably all over, but you probably have a condensed audience here.
0: I do, yeah. yeah. Most most of my followers, I think, are in the Chicagoland area, and then I have some in different parts of the country, but really it's more local to here.
1: Yeah. So when did this creative endeavor start, and what did you do before starting your blog? What sort of spurred the interest, I guess?
0: So I'm going to backtrack a little bit for this, just for context. But in the early 2010s, I would say 2011 or 2012, I was really into blogs. Yeah. Really into blogs. I don't know if you... Were you into blogs then?
1: You know, I remember when a lot... Because I'm a writer, 2011 was right before I left teaching. So I definitely didn't have time to be writing blogs. Mm -hmm. But I always thought it was cool that people did. I just knew I would never have the time to dive into it. But that was also... There was a wave of the mommy blogger. There was. Yeah, yeah, that was the
0: big wave of mommy bloggers and fashion bloggers. And I fell into that world, mainly consuming them. Like I would wake up every morning, sip my coffee, and I'd read all my blogs and then I'd talk to my friends about the blogs and buy what they recommended. And I was I was very much into that world and i toyed with the idea of starting my own blog but i always said my life is not that interesting <laughs> um i don't have anything to add to this space you know just kind of excuses to not do it and so that kind of kind of bubbled for a few years and then i had my son in 2017 and in 2018 there was a period of time where I, I struggled a lot with postpartum depression and anxiety and I really didn't like the job where I was at. I, I like being a social worker. I love being a therapist. But at the time the company I was working for just wasn't for me. I went back to work when my son was only three and a half months old. It was really difficult and and I I had to get my own therapist. I had to go on medication. I had to do all these things to take care of myself. And then once I got to a slightly better place, I knew that I needed something else in my life, some sort mm-hmm. of creative endeavor. So I decided to jump head first and start a blog. I also joined an MLM at the time, no longer doing the MLM. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I think that's kind of a rite of passage for a lot of women. It
1: can be. Did you hear, just side note, that the Lula Rich um, documentary just came out it came out today
0: oh when i we're will recording be recording this that.
1: i totally will watch it too yeah. yeah you needed a creative outlet oh yeah
0: so i needed a creative outlet and i talked to you know i talked to friends i talked to family members and they all said you know what go for it there's there's a space for you so i started out I started with the blog because that's what I knew. And I was still in this blog mindset. Um, And I really talked about my experiences with postpartum and how difficult they were. And I kind of was a therapeutic process of writing that out. And I figured if I would help one person feel less alone, like I would be doing my job. And then, you know, I would... I was still in the mindset of this 2010s blogger, so I would share a recipe or something here, or something there, and then I realized that the bulk of social media was on Instagram. So then mm-hmm. I, I sort of pivoted, and and it took off from there. And now I mainly do stuff on Instagram, and my blog is kind of a, it's 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 behind the scenes. Oh. It's the long form, yeah, right,
1: like it yeah, because I've gone to it when I want to know something more about what you said on Instagram, yeah. That's very cool. Now, is it? Do you have BlissfulMama.com dot com or what is I that? do. Yes. Oh, I own okay, I own
0: that domain, so it's been the blissful mama since I started, and I kind of like that. It's it's a name that I really took the time to think through.
1: How did you come to that? Did it was it sort of like through those struggles with PPD that you were like, you no, know, like what can I do to be happy?
0: Yeah, something something similar to that. It's hard to know to remember exactly the frame of mind that I was in. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I knew I wanted to incorporate motherhood and in something peaceful and therapeutic, which my therapist side coming out. And then it was a matter, once I had a list of like 10 or so names, then it was like, which domains are available? Which domains? Gosh, like, yeah. What's, what, are there any businesses with the same name? Am I going to be, you know, fighting with someone for space on the internet? So um, there was only like a small Etsy shop that had closed, So I was like they'll probably be okay with it yeah and then a sh- and then some stores selling blissful mama merchandise which i almost messaged them to say can i get some of this but i'm not really in a space where people are gonna buy merchandise so i think i'm the only blissful mama out there
1: yeah no it's very uh unique i haven't seen there are so many this mom this mama this whatever huge on twitter and instagram and you see the reposts by the other friends that are reposting that you know and there's yeah. just, there's a zillion names out there, but I've never seen anything like yours. Yeah, there you go. Now you have over fifteen thousand followers. Uh, that's hard to wrap my brain <laughs> around. How did you get there? What has worked for you? What hasn't? Um, you've said Instagram is your main platform of choice. Do you do anything like tweet? Do you you know how? how you get to that that build?
0: Sure. So I always liked the picture part of Instagram, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what. What that's what got me into it, so I would say that's the continuation there. And I feel like Instagram gives you the most creativity, which I know some people may not understand, but it really does. With Twitter, it is just your words, and you just have 150 characters I, I don't even so. know yeah. <laughs> exactly how many. So, that to me, I words haven't always been the only way to express myself, I felt limited. By that, I have a Twitter, but only for for brand collaborations when they ask me if I have a Twitter. I sure. I I have eight <laughs> followers or something. Um, but the 15,000 followers. So when I started, I actually used my personal Instagram and I changed it to my business. I only had uh, maybe 50 followers, personal followers. So, I started to reach out. I started to network. I joined a lot of online, there's a lot of like Facebook, online, mom blogger forums, mm-hmm. fashion blogger forums. So, I joined a lot of those. I networked with people. I joined different Instagram groups. Um, and then I started to make local friends too. Um, so, a lot of different ways. I uh, started to do some giveaways with local brands who had a good following. I always appreciate their support, and then I started to really want ten thousand followers, <laughs> um, which you know you get the swipe up. Although that's changing now. It's oh, all- I didn't know. I don't know anything.
1: I feel like I just like the numbers game is it's mystifying to me. So I didn't know you get that.
0: You get you get a swipe up. Although now they're changing it to a link. In the stories that you will click on rather than swiping up so that you could still message the person or react to their story and a lot of people already have that link and it's supposed to go out to people regardless of how many followers you have. Um, so you're, and you're so tech savvy that way. I just, all of that is very intimidating to me.
1: Like I want you to teach me how to do like a video <laughs> with a filter. Like that's all <laughs>
0: I want to know. I can I definitely just, do that. Yeah. I've I've definitely dove deep into this. So I, and so that, that process I was talking about with networking people, that probably got me like a few thousand followers. And then, like I said, I had my eye on that 10,000 followers that, At the time, seemed really magical to me, and that you know, all good things would happen if I got these ten thousand followers. So, I started to do these loop giveaways. Do you know what those are? No. Okay. So, and I'm being transparent here, but so loop giveaways. It's usually one account with like a cutesy, a cutesy name. And they usually have some amount of followers, but what they do is they'll get like 30 to 60 accounts, usually kind of in the same grouping together, and they'll give away a really big prize that a lot of people want, like a Peloton, $1,500 cash, a MacBook, a Louis Vuitton bag, something that, you know, you're willing to do some, some easy tasks to get that prize. And then what they do is, well, they have everyone post at the same time and you have to follow all the accounts in this group to win I have seen
1: those. Okay. Yes.
0: So there's a lot of mixed feelings about doing giveaways like that. I used to do them for a while. I no longer do them. The way that I look at it is you have this Instagram algorithm and it is so hard and it is always changing. And if you didn't start... Your Instagram, between 2012 and 2015, you're up against almost like a brick wall trying to get followers, basically. Yeah. It's it's hard. People won't see your account. Even if you're posting the most amazing, relatable content, people don't see it. Yeah. Or like a very small percentage of people see it. So for me, that is how I viewed the Loop giveaways. I did get a lot of genuine followers from that. I'm sure I got people who were just joining for the giveaways, too. And to that, I always said, you know what? If they want to unfollow me, right, they can unfollow they me. They would stay if
1: they like it.
0: Right. So those giveaways have been characterized for people buying followers. It's called oh. not authentic. How do you even jump on a loop giveaway though. Oh people try to recruit you. You you get messages. They have different people who Do you have
1: to pay into the
0: prize? Yeah, you do. Ah okay. So it also gets expensive. I'm sure. (laughs) It gets expensive, especially for those big prizes. But I will say, like I said, I at the time I really wanted more exposure for my account. I felt that this was a good way for exposure and I always only did giveaways where I knew there was an actual prize given away. Like we would they would send us screenshots but I did stop doing those probably sometime in 2020 um, because Instagram really doesn't like them, and I, I felt like I was in a good place and that I didn't want to do that kind of exposure anymore. So yeah. I decided not to do them anymore. No judgment if anybody still does them. I know again they're a way of growing your your Instagram following, but I don't know. There was a time and a place for them, you know. Sure, yeah,
1: and once you've built up to that level,
0: yeah, and I now feel like. You're good. Right. So now I actually have gotten the most followers doing reels. (laughs) Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that speaks, again, to the algorithm. I'll probably reference it more times in this episode than people care to hear it, but it It prioritizes accounts if you post reels now, so
1: which is crazy. All of it is crazy to me. Now, you, how do you know this stuff? Did you have a marketing background? Have you just been interested in it? Like, how do you dive into the algorithm and the exposure? Like, how how do you get there?
0: That's a good question. (laughs) Uh, I guess I've always had an entrepreneurial sort of mindset. Mm -hmm. I've always been. You know, my first job was selling Cutco knives because I was like, I'm going to go and sell these knives because they are amazing. I bet you are good at it. Yeah. (laughs) So I've always had this entrepreneurial mindset. And when I started to learn this stuff, it was almost like I, I jumped into this world and I found it to be fascinating. And I got really good at trying to like pick out which information was real, which information was rumors. So I have like a few people that I would go to that I would see, you know, what what are they saying? So that's really that's really how I jumped into it. I went to one workshop which was held by um, someone in Chicago. I've kind of become friends with her now, which is cool. So she taught me, you know, how to do um, like a media kit, which is sort of your social media resume, if you will. And she taught me some ins and outs of the business. And then I went to a conference right right before the pandemic, Alt Summit, which was a really wonderful experience. I think I've heard of that. It's a very fun conference and it's not just for, for content creators and influencers, anyone with a business, like a podcast would be perfect there. It's just a learning conference where you learn the big, the big name people come and speak to you and teach you a lot about their, you know, everything that they've learned and how they built their their successful businesses. That's cool.
1: It's all very cool. I, I'm i sort of mystified by it because like the idea of 15,000 followers is very scary for me, but then like I'll put this out there and who knows who's listening to it, which is funny, but this is more like my speech English background and maybe your entrepreneurial spirit and your therapy background you know, just sort of gravitated to what you do, which yeah. is very cool.
0: Yeah. It's what I like about it is, this, again, similar to podcasting, there's infinite number of podcasts, infinite number of people on Instagram. And you can find, you can still find your group of people. You yes. can still find an audience. You can still find people who who you get along with.
1: And, you know, what you've spoken to is looking for like a space, right? Like mom's Needing that space, you feeling that. Str- I felt that struggle after my pregnancy with my, no, during my pregnancy with my first, I had oh, yeah. anxiety and then didn't have postpartum magically. Um, maybe I had some and I just didn't recognize it. But then with Kellen, my second, it was all after and that was the PPD. So there were different experiences. But I just, what I think about this space is so cool is sometimes being a mom, you lose yourself in it it just takes Mm -hmm. so much of you that it's you don't have time or the energy to get on the phone with your friend at the end of the night and talk about your day you know but if you have these podcasts or these blogs or these instagrams you know you can go and like have this kinship with women and this space to connect and talk and relate and that's all we ever wanted to do
0: exactly um
1: and i think that's very
0: cool yeah, and likewise, like I'll see the memes that you post and I'm like, oh yes. I love I needed, a meme. I love a meme. I needed to see that today, you know? And I and I know that's such a simple act, but it helps you connect on a level that I didn't think we thought we could before on social media. And I know social media gets a lot of bad rep, but it, it is a really cool way to connect with people. And yeah. I've met so many fascinating, cool people. Made friendships that I never would have met, right. you know, if I hadn't if I hadn't done this. And I continue to meet people um, and talk to people on there that I, I just think it's a, such a cool way to get to know people.
1: So what must come into play because when I hear you talk about like followers and the things you post and the stories and the reels. I just imagine my husband being like, are you posting that? Be careful about what you post. Like, not that he's like this hermit. I don't want to make him sound like that, a little more naturally introverted. Are you married, first of all?
0: Yes, I am. And my husband is naturally more introverted. So (laughs) did this scare him? Was he like, what are you posting? What are you putting out there? Are you sure you want to do this? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I don't always share everything that I'm posting with him. Not, Not for any specific reason, but just because... It, it's my thing you know and right. I'm usually pretty I'm usually pretty confident about it but sometimes I do you know share like hey I'm doing this campaign what do you think about this and you'll be like well don't say this or don't say that or <laughs> be careful with this and yeah. I'm like, okay okay but he is he's my technical support he yes. helps me with my especially with my reels because those reels are hard have you tried to make a reel yet okay
1: I've made two the first one I made I I never saw it again. I don't know where it went. And then I just found that it's like still on my Instagram, which is hilarious. (laughs) My son at the gymnastics open gym like during the Olympics. I I think I did see that. Yes. (laughs) Going through ball pit basically. And then I made one the other day. I think creepy mom stuff would be like a really cool niche for me (laughs) about (laughs) the handprints on the window. Oh,
0: yes. Okay. I did. I did see your reels. That was funny. But I
1: don't know what I'm doing. I'm new to all of that I just I do think it's kind of fun but I only experimented with them because of you to be honest because I know you did that whole campaign
0: well, a year ago when they came out, I was like, these are dumb. Okay, I shouldn't say dumb, but they they just felt like I was like, oh my gosh, now I got to make videos. I'm not going to make videos. Like, yeah. and I would see people making them and I'm like, that's just not me. I'm going to stick to pictures. And then I started seeing all these people talking about all their results and I see ones that are funny and I'm like, "Well, oh, you know, maybe I could do this. So I just tried and some honestly, I feel silly making a lot of them. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here dancing in my car parked <laughs> in a suck empty parking lot or a taco bell drive through like rocking out so i'm not unsafe driving but then people relate to it you know and then yes. i'm like okay you know nobody's nobody's ever said anything super negative to me on the reels so yeah it's just is something i tried and it's it's pretty cool i think sometimes you got to do things out of your comfort zone and then you sure. see if you like it or not i'm not gonna say like things outside your comfort zone make you grow or that like you know that cliche right I don't always always. necessarily agree with that but I think if you if you try it and you like it and it works for you then do it and if not you know try something else there's plenty of other things
1: how did the ideas come to you? Do you just go with it? I loved when you were in your car and listening to the true crime podcast, because that's so me. Oh, and yeah. It's like, she was murdered and found days later. and then like the <laughs> windows down, people are like, what?
0: That was the most accurate. Yeah, that's probably the, the <laughs> easiest one in terms of being, being myself. So I like to watch reels too. So that's another oh. thing. I like to watch reels. And if I see one... For that specific one, I happened to find, just while I was scrolling, the original for that with the guy that made it, and his take on it was different. Like He showed his wife washing dishes, and he was like, this is what I think she's listening to, and then he showed her um, what she's actually listening to. So I take a real or a sound that's trending. That's the word you're supposed to use. You have to look for a check mark. If there's a check mark, it means it's a trending sound, but you can also use other non-trending sounds. Anyways, the trending sounds supposedly get you more views or do better. And then if I think of something that I could do for mom life or something for me or creative, then I automatically write it down or I actually film a draft and write myself a note so I don't forget because I forget. Sure everything like sometimes I would have these real ideas and I would just write down two words and then later come back to it and be like what what even is what this? Does that like that I, I don't know what I was gonna <laughs> do with this so it definitely takes some planning but yeah I would I would scroll through reels and then I would come up with my my own ideas but a lot of it is seeing what other people do and then trying to do my own take on it but I I try to never copy other people because they already sure. they already did that
1: yeah I think my real feed is totally screwed because I let my three-year-old on it he calls them funny videos and that's what he wants to watch while I'm in the shower and all he does is scroll and they're all fluffy animals (laughs) or like people falling and that's all I get and all and I don't know it's my personal Instagram the MDM and then my dog's Instagram is all like on my Instagram I don't know if it cross-pollinates I don't know how that works oh yeah but that's what he watches, and so that's all I get. so I don't see any mm. mom reels unless I like follow someone like you and look at the reel. okay I just see foofy dot see I think that's I messed when up.
0: that's a tricky part because then you have to do the work to change your own algorithm right. this is like what I sometimes tell in my therapy job. I tell my clients when they're their feed because there's a lot of toxic stuff on. Yeah, on Instagram and TikTok too, that you have to like actively work to change. So you, what you would need to do is look up different mom accounts, like on purpose and start I to see. like their stuff. And then the algorithm will adjust and it'll start showing you. Okay. And also don't watch like reels that you don't really, like you see the fluffy animal yeah. flip through it and it'll say, it'll automatically pick up, okay, you don't like that. But if you start to watch it, then it's gonna say, "Oh, you like." Oh, that. Kellen's
1: gonna screw me over. He, he might loves need it. his
0: own Instagram oh account <laughs> just Everyone to scroll reels. Follow Kellen.
1: Yeah, they just like get into it.
0: Yeah, Ollie will rewatch the reels that he's in that because he thinks some of them are are really funny. So, which I'm okay with it right now. I don't know how I'm gonna handle it when he's older, but we'll see. Right, <laughs> we're not there yet. Which takes
1: us to, I mean, are you ever nervous or hesitant about posting something? personal or about posting certain topics or are you just sort of naturally
0: extroverted and you're like this is me? I do. Yes. The the times I felt hesitant was in my early days. I would I was so honored anytime anyone wanted to work with me, regardless of the brand, regardless of the product. I'd be so honored they would reach out to me and say like, "Oh, you can have this free product if you promote it." And I was like, "Oh, I'm so flattered. I would love to even if I don't actually love the product. And then when I would go to post, I would think, okay, well, I'm posting this thing and I I don't really love it. I don't, you know. And that was again in my earlier days when I was trying to figure out what I was doing. So now I'm a lot more selective with what I post about and it has to be a product I use, I like it, I love it. But I've never been well, I'll take that back. I'll say last year in like June 2020 when lots of stuff was happening in the world, it was it was a very uncertain time to be posting stuff on social media because okay. everything, you know, when there was kind of like that media blackout and I I didn't know what to post. I felt like everything I was I would say was wrong or I didn't have the right words or I wasn't I shouldn't be posting about clothes. So that right. was the time where I was really uncertain um, luckily I have, knock on wood, <laughs> nothing really bad has ever happened. Um, I did post in the winter when I, I was really excited to get my COVID vaccine and I po- and I got it while I was pregnant and I did post about that, but there was only a few, you know, a few people questioning my decision, which I expected. I've gotten trolls, but they are usually people who aren't following me. Who don't have any, like, they don't, they're just trolls. And That's I'm like. That's so funny. Do they just, like, respond to a reel? They'll respond to a story, but they're not even, they're just, like, will see something that I'm saying or try to pick out an insecurity that they think I have. And oh, then wow. Come, like, just send me really mean messages or, like, why don't you stop doing this, XYZ? I'm not even going to repeat what they say. But sure. they're never, again, I'll look at their accounts just to be like, do I know this person? Is right. this a follower? Like, who is this? They're never followers. They're never. I don't even know if they're you know, who they are. They're right. just these people that are mean on the internet for no reason. So I just block all of those right away. You do block. Okay. Yeah, I don't even engage. It's hard not to take them personally, but I've learned like you can't you can't take stuff personally, especially if it's someone that's like purposefully trying to mm-hmm. attack you. You just It could be a thirteen year old boy with his friend. Right. It's it's never been someone that I can see that is like a local person or a person who's been engaged. You know, I'm always open to people giving me their opinions on something or, you know, if they don't agree with me, that's totally cool. And usually people are so nice about it. Like, hey, have you thought about it from this perspective? Or, you know, I had this experience with it, which I always, I always welcome stuff like that.
1: You share your bio and you're open about that. That blog bloomed out of challenges with postpartum depression and anxiety. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with that and why you decided to be open about it?
0: Sure. When I was going into motherhood, I was incredibly calm. <laughs> I know. Not, not what most people are. I was not nervous about being a mom. People would tell me, you're like, why are you so calm? And I'm like, (laughs) I feel prepared. My brother's eight years younger than me. So I grew up kind of being like a second mom. I was a nanny. I worked at a daycare center. I took child psychology classes. Like I did, I did all the things, you know, that you would do. And so, and everyone said, it's different when you have your own kids. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm prepared for this. I was very naive too. Like I, I cringe at some of the things I thought, I I thought that I would just, I would just breastfeed because, because I wanted to. And all these people who didn't, you know, breastfeed, they, they didn't want it as bad as me, which again, I cringe now looking back on that. And guess what? Breastfeeding was really hard and I couldn't end up doing it after, after two months because my son had a lip and tongue tie and I had a health condition that made it more difficult. And I was dealing with stress and depression and anxiety. So so then I was just like completely out of my element. All these things happened. I, I will say my son is very healthy, but he had minor health problems, you know, when he was born, like he had the flat head where we had to get oh. the helmet and not something you expect. Right. I had never heard of a lip or tongue tie, so I didn't know what that was and then He had that and that's, you know, turned out to be a problem. He had a couple of other, again, minor things, but big for me because I hadn't, I hadn't had those experiences and I, it was very hard for me to not personalize them and say like, what did I do wrong? And this was your
1: first? Yes. Good. And everything, I mean, any little health thing. I remember like a stuffy nose. Oh yeah. Anything scary. Especially when it's your first,
0: exactly, because you don't you don't expect these things to happen. You know, yeah. you you tell yourself that you're going to, but then when you, they happen, you're like, "What did I do wrong?" So yeah, so it was a lot of those parts of motherhood where I thought I would find myself were hard for me. And then the lack of sleep. My son, okay. my first son, did not sleep through the night until nine months.
1: JR <laughs> was ten. We have that in common. Oh. It's like the trenches. It is. I remember my friend telling me like. Stephanie, this is what drives people crazy. Like, they use this as torture.
0: Same, same. Yeah. I mean, I tried I tried everything. So I felt, even though I had friends and I had support systems and my husband was super supportive, like, he, he knew, you know, that things were not that great and he did what he could, but he was going through it too. Yeah. So I just, I needed something else. And I had a really great therapist who, like, helped me like dig deeper into myself and really realize that you can be a good mom and also have a career and also have this creative endeavor for yourself. Sure. So I just felt like even though I had a job and I had a baby and I was busy, like my cup was not filled if that makes sense. Sure. I think that's something you referenced before. I just needed something else. And so that's why I tried different things and the, and the blog was like one of them where I was like, "Okay, I think this might fill my cup." And it did. So That's why I've continued to do it and I've continued to make time for it because it's really like a a creative outlet for me. I get that. Yeah. Totally get that. And
1: also sometimes you need someone at 3.34 in the morning. Right. Yeah. And so you can do your thing on your Instagram or post a story or because it just, it's hard. And depression is like you're in this cave and the further and further you go, you can't see out. And gosh, that's so real. Yeah, and you're in there like you just don't even think. You don't think like, oh, I should talk to someone about this. I remember being in that cave and thinking they're not going to get it, and your hormones just do a number.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, hormones are are all over the place, and then it's also very like humbling to be in mental health, and then be like, well, I need sure. my own mental health. <laughs> yeah, that has to be an
1: extra challenge. Like, I should know this stuff. I'm a therapist. I can't imagine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I knew, you know, the the good part about that is I knew the warning signs to look for. I yeah. knew I you know, like I said, I it's not a double standard. I think the best therapists are people who have been in therapy or who continue to be in therapy for their own issues. It's something that everyone I think should do. And then taking medication like I knew it was severe enough to do that. I had a great primary care doctor. Something I did want to add that I forgot to earlier because I think it's important for a lot of women to know, my postpartum depression didn't start till like four months after. Wow. So I know it's so different because you said yours was like while you were pregnant, which another With thing like mm-hmm. doesn't always...
1: I didn't know that was a thing and it's called uh pre-partum depression or... Prenatal, I don't, but it's a thing, and I had no idea it was a thing. I thought I was just in my own head, mm-hmm. and then one of my good friends who I taught with said, "I th- this is something bigger, and you should like take a quiz online." And I did, and it was fifteen out of fifteen, and I was mm-hmm. like, "All right," because I didn't know. Yeah, but it was not normal, like, and everyone. You know, when you're pregnant, it's like an open invitation for the, you should just (sighs) wait. Oh, you'll find out. Oh, you know, it's like people love to just spin fear and anxiety at you. Yes. I just don't get. You're already housing this thing in your body. It's hard enough physically. But then for people just to put all their worries and anxieties onto you when you're pregnant... Oh, I feel like pregnant women should just cocoon themselves. That's what I wanted to know. do, right? And just like be away from everyone for nine months because it's hard.
0: It is. And you, and then you put the shield to protect yourself from those comments and then you don't really get to prepare sometimes, right, the way that you want to. So, yeah, it's just, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. That's all there is to it. So, yeah, I just, I, mine developed at four months, so I wasn't yeah. getting the screening questions, you know, at my doctor right. anymore. I was... I was done with them. So I actually had to reach out to my primary care doctor who luckily was very well versed in mental health. And actually all primary care doctors are board certified in mental health. I don't know if most people know that, but so anyway, so I went on medication and that was, that was helpful. It was really helpful to me. So I did a lot of, I had to work really hard to, to get out of it, but then I, Everything just got better. Then my baby started sleeping through the night. I changed Huge jobs, which also helped. Yeah. Um, so a lot of a lot of things changed. And then I was very prepared this pregnancy. I was like, okay, it might happen. I have all right. these tools. What do I do? You know what I do. But this pregnancy was it was different. I'm not going to say it was better. It had its you know being pregnant during uh. a pandemic was definitely. It was very trying, but it was a very different experience and I had a different postpartum this time. And that's, I think they're all, they're all so different and they're all, all okay. But it's just important to know all the, all the warning signs. Like if something feels off, you, you got to check it out because it yeah. usually is off.
1: That I mean, that's great advice. And we're lucky that it's being talked about more.
0: Yes. Yes. I can't
1: imagine our moms, I'm sure postpartum wasn't really a topic of discussion. Yeah. Let's, let's transition a little bit more to the social media stuff. You say like brands reach out. Like, how do they reach out? Are you able to make money from social media? Like how does that all happen?
0: Sure. Um, so, they do reach out. If you have a business account on your Instagram, you have an option to put your email as a button on there.
1: So, it's a different Instagram account. A business account?
0: I think so. Yeah, you get get different. Well, now it's called the creator account. So there's now a business account and a creator account. Either way, you have your email. So most brands probably find it through there. There are agencies that reach out for most brands. So once you get in with an agency too, and they're basically like a third party that works with you and with a brand, and they kind of do the work for the brand they are the ones you communicate with but sometimes you work directly with the brand Um, but yes to answer your question you can make money using social media so there's two main ways you make money the first is a brand partnership and that's what we're talking about like a brand reaches out to you and says like hey we really want you to promote this product send us your rates or send us your ideas we think you're a perfect fit because of xyz and then you kind of negotiate a rate with them. Um, some brands want to see your drafts ahead of time and make corrections. Oh, wow. That you can't say certain things in certain stories. Like, they're very specific. So it's, it's a lot of behind the scenes yeah. that happens. But um, that's usually how you make the most the most money because you're working directly with a brand. And okay. So when you say, like, paid partnership with... Mm -hmm. that's what that is yes and there are certain ftc guidelines that you have to follow for that so yeah that's usually how how people make the bulk of their the bulk of their money and you can also reach out to brands yourself there's different apps and websites there's so many different ways to get in contact with brands so that's how people make money and there's a formula that people use to calculate you know how much you should charge for a post and you can negotiate with brands Sometimes they just give you really silly offers. Like I had one brand reach out and say they wanted 10 reels and they would pay me $100. Wow. It was such a good deal. 10
1: bucks a reel.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you definitely have to be savvy. And I always like to think of it, okay, like if this brand were to do their own photo shoot, they would have to pay for a model, a photographer, maybe a location, makeup, hair, costume, Snacks for people. <laughs> um right. you know, you think of all these things that you do and the editing, this, that, the other. Really, if you're using an influencer or a content creator, like they're getting they're getting a good um, bang for their buck. But yeah, so the bulk of it is is working with brands, and then the other way is affiliate marketing. So that is where you make a commission off of selling a product. So there's two different types of affiliate marketing. One is where you work with a third-party app. The biggest one, the one that I use that like most people use, it's called Like to Know It or Reward Style. Sure. And Like to Know It goes and negotiates a rate with, I mean, they have hundreds of stores. So if I go to Target and I say, ooh, I want this Halloween doormat, I can link it and they give me a link that if someone shops with that link, I'll get a small commission off of that. Okay. And so a lot of people, you can link, I mean, most everything through their site Um, and then the other type of affiliate marketing is again through a brand and you usually have a discount code
1: a code yeah special rate.
0: yeah and then you get a percentage of those sales and I've actually that's for me personally that's how I make a a bulk of my income with one certain brand that I've have a really great partnership with that is cool yeah
1: and they pick you because of your number of followers or it really, your reach. You don't know. It
0: depends. That okay. one I actually, it's funny. The one that, that's most successful for me is one that I reached out to that I love their products and I was like, oh, it would be so cool to work with them and this was a few years ago and they accepted me and then it took off from there. So it's
1: cool because it's very real.
0: Yeah, it is. So it's like a company that I adore and it's a cool way because I, I get to work with the company. They send me their products. They let me know what's going on it's different than the third-party tool it's a lot more personal but then other times brands will use that and say you know oh hey we we can't pay you for an ad but hey join our affiliate network so you really have to pick and choose what you're what you're passionate about
1: and it takes a good chunk of time
0: it takes a lot of time
1: yeah i can't imagine all your behind the scenes (laughs) and you have to account for that time too i mean you have a job you have a family, you have kids, and then you have this beast. On this yes. side. that's a lot. It's a good thing that you love it.
0: Yeah, that's why I, I like to to um, be picky now with what I choose. I say no more times than I say yes. Now. Good. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely been definitely been a process to get to that place. And the reason I don't do this full time, I guess I should explain that too. I never wanted to have my family's like livelihood depend on me doing a specific ad. Sure. So I never wanted to be like, well, I need to pay my bills, so I'm going to say yes to this. And then it's not really going to be that authentic, but it's okay because I'm getting paid. So no offense if someone does that because I think that it's it's impressive if someone can do social media full time. It's definitely impressive. But I like having that flexibility where I can pick and choose and make it be more things that, you know, if I am going to spend two hours making a reel, that it's worth my <laughs> worth my time and it's something I truly like.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And it's not so much pressure when it's kind of a side gig. So if you could do it all over again, would you change something? What would you recommend to people starting out?
0: Yeah, I. that's a tough question. Because it's it's changing so quickly. I would definitely say start with what you're passionate about. Start with what you know yeah. and and do that. People really relate to you. They can see when you're being authentic and when you're not. And mm-hmm. that's one of the, the hard parts of social media. People see through that. So I, I say stick to what you know and do just that. I can never make it as a food blogger. I <laughs> so respect people that, that do that. Create these beautiful recipes and then photograph them. And so much work. But again, that's their passion. So I say right. find what you're passionate about and, and do that. And then do things that are out of your comfort zone, you know, within reason, like make more reels or get on your Instagram stories or post a TikTok, you know, do something. And then if, like I said earlier, if it feels good, keep doing it. And if not, try something else. You can always change it.
1: Yeah, I guess. Some of that seems scary, but that's right. I mean, did you do many reels before your big campaign? Or you just talked to yourself about it? I don't know if people know. Julia did. What did you do? 30 reels in 35 days or something?
0: Oh, yeah. Which was going to be 30 reels in 30 days, but then I was it. that was too much. Yeah, that's a lot. Instagram told me to do that. Yeah, I've been branching out on TikTok now. Um, definitely a lot different than Instagram, I will say. You know, I, I try things and then if they don't work or if I get some sort of backlash then I don't do them or if I really feel out of my comfort zone but I can say I haven't I haven't done anything like that I imagine if I tried Twitter I would I would not do it just (laughs) because I know it's not for me but I think I think I'll hear about people's results with something and then I'll think can I put my own spin on that people who just make reels about making reels. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Or that that's their business, you know, and I'm not necessarily going to do that, but can I make 30 reels about mom life and different things that are going on about me? Sure, I can do that.
1: And the purpose, I guess I don't even get it. So like, how does somebody make money if they're just making a reel, they're just driving their engagement to then make money? Is that what it is?
0: Usually, yes. So... There are rumors that uh, certain social media apps will pay you if you make reels or you make videos. Um, Funny, okay. I don't know. I have not heard of that happening yet. So I think some people maybe are doing it for that. Some people see that this is a, a way to grow their audience. And I think some people weren't into the pictures and they really found their voice through the reels. I think a lot of the people that make the really funny ones... That's their true their true passion. And they do get different deals because of that. So they genuinely like doing them.
1: Plus, Instagram has to compete with TikTok, has to compete with, you know, there's all these video type sites out right. there. I often wonder if JR is going to hear this, if podcasts will even be heard in 20 years, <laughs> and be like, what was Instagram? Do you ever think that? Is right. this just something big now? You think about like, the dial-up internet and like how we grew up gosh will this just be all a memory
0: I do wonder that sometimes or if it's gonna get preserved somewhere or not it's it's there's so many unknowns so I try not to go too far down that rabbit hole sure (laughs) because I think sometimes you can definitely overthink that but it is interesting to wonder where it'll go and I mean there's so many different possibilities and Given everything that our generation has seen, I mean, we saw like radios and record players and cassette yeah. tapes, and then we saw the dial-up internet. You know, who knows what what we'll still see?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. But you're right; you can't think too hard about it. Yeah, that's it's scary. So, okay, we're gonna jump into self care. So each. Time we do even an Ask the Expert episode. We love to talk about self care, and I think you're a great one to talk about it just given your therapy background. Self care suggestion box with a twist your favorite places or things to do to self care here in St. Charles or the Tri City area?
0: Well, I, yeah, this is self care. I think I love plants, I've fallen in love with plants in the last two years. Yeah, so grow, love you. Ro Geneva is one of my favorite stores. I go in there sometimes just to walk around, <laughs> and it's so therapeutic. Their new space is beautiful. Everything about it is so, I don't know, it lifts my spirits up, and I definitely have gotten many a plants from there, but I, I can't always buy a plant when I go there. But they're on Third. They're on 3rd? They are on 3rd Street, okay. yes, in this beautiful, almost like a southern-style mansion. Their new space is, is beautiful. What do they buy? Well polished and then eye candy, cake shop, cocoon. Yeah, they're in one of the buildings with the big white pillars.
1: I've heard of them a lot. um, And I have seen the plants. Did your husband ever notice your two new plants? He has.
0: You know, he didn't notice. I left the plant. They always give you a little plant care card, which I so appreciate because I never remember how to take (laughs) care of them. Um, But another bonus, they tell you exactly how to take care of that plant, how to water them, how much sun they need, when to change the pot. I mean, nice so perfect for a beginner no he never noticed that's
1: funny i mean how would they i do love plants but my cats are warring against me and they will eat them but i love that so grow geneva so buy some plants any other
0: self-care i also in batavia i love it's called ease escape oh it is a esthetician her name is emily she is so sweet and um it's in batavia downtown batavia it's inside a salon which actually her mom owns but she's got this beautiful quiet space that's where I go for my facials and she is she's just wonderful I love going there so I highly recommend her ease escape
1: anything for some quiet and serenity
0: I usually fall asleep there which is an unfortunate (laughs) side of mom life you do any sort of appointment and for longer than 20 minutes minus the dentist I think
1: that's it. Great yeah. nap. Great nap. Yeah. And I do want to mention, because we talked about this before we started recording, you're a podcast girl like myself.
0: Yes. I love podcasts.
1: And that I think that can be some self-care because it's something you choose. You want to listen to content that you're connecting with. I really do consider it a form of self care.
0: I do too, and it's it's so interesting because I'll try to explain them to my mom. She's from an older generation, and she's from another country. She yeah. really doesn't understand why I listen to podcasts or I don't, you know, what exactly they are. And I'm like, it's it's just like listening to a really great story or someone telling. You know, it's like listening to your NPR radio program. Sure. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I do find podcasts to be a form of self-care. I get excited anytime I get to drive somewhere by myself, my podcasts go on.
1: Yeah. Okay, one last request. Yes.
0: Can you say,
1: listen to modern domestic moms in Polish?
0: Yes, but let me think about that. It's really kind of a quick. very
1: specific terminology, modern domestic.
0: I'm sure there's a Polish word for it, too, that I probably just don't know. Okay, I'll try it. Okay. Koleżanki, jak jesteś mamą i chcesz słuchać trochę więcej o różnych, różne historie, jakie mamy i kobiety mają w dzisiejsz, dzisiejszym świecie, choć posłuchaj Modern Domestic Moms podcast. Our new intro. I, I had to give like a little moms if you want more moms to relate to or want to hear a modern take on motherhood, listen to Modern Domestic Moms. So that's what I said. That's that why it was is a little. It's
1: beautiful. Longer. I love that. Just cause thank it's, you. It's it,
0: sometimes you can't directly translate. You know? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, thank
1: you. This was really fun. Let this was fun. Let's do our cheers here at the end. Cheers to you. Cheers to us. Cheers. Thank you for. Cheers having to me. Cheers to moms. You're welcome. Mom. And come sip with us again next week.